This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. <laughs> this is Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nathaniel Paul Thurston, and across from me is Mr. Charles Chuck Thompson. Uh, you sounded like, what's his name from The Price is Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know his name, the guy who does all the announcing yeah. all the time. Is it Johnny? What do we have for him, Johnny? Is that right? That is could it, be it. Was it is that right? Was I don't it? know if the guy's still doing the same thing, but mm. anyway, you guys know the thing. Hey, what's up? Uh, I'm Nate, that's Chuck. This is Good Morning Liberty. We talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning every single day of the week when we want to. Mm, that's key. Very important part. And sometimes even when we want to, other things happen and we can't. Which is why you have not heard a live episode since last Wednesday. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So It's been one whole week. I had a birthday 14. vacation. Charlie's been out schmoozing clients. You had two birthdays. I did. Yeah, which yeah. is kind of cool. Yeah, two different and birthdays. And a funeral. <laughs> Circle of life. It's, that was a good time. It's a wonderful thing. We won't bore the live group hanging out with us because the live group has been hanging out with us for 24 minutes before we started recording this, just listening to everything about our lives for the last little bit, which has been good to catch up with the Fed Haters Club. And you can join that by going to joingml.com. Uh, anything happened while... We were gone. You see, it doesn't really matter. You don't have to do shows every day. Basically, yeah. nothing happened the whole well, time. Russia invaded itself. Saw that. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know yeah. if you saw that or not. I, you know, and I need to dig into it more, but I'm trying to figure out what happened. Like, you like you get to the goal, mm -hmm. and then you're like, oh, no, we're going to turn around. Like, we're going to force Gump this and go home. It was pretty, I was like, I'm pretty tired. <laughs> I think I'll we'll go home now. I was like, what Only is in Russian. happening? Yeah. <laughs> that part was really weird. That also... Uh, led to a lot of theories, a lot of opposing ideas about what was really happening. And right now, I'll tell you, I've read numerous different things and listened to numerous different, different things about what happened, and I still don't really know what happened. It's the information I'm finding right now seems like uh, this was real or meant to be real when it when it started, and uh, it... They did just give up when they realized maybe they can't actually take Moscow. Uh, okay. Uh, but there's also been a lot of theories about how this was a CIA-planned coup of Putin. Uh, you have big voices out there on Twitter talking about how that $6 billion uh, that the 
that they found for Ukraine actually went to pay the Wagner, the Wagner group. group. Yep. And and that's what that was for. Although that was just an accounting gimmick with the uh, with the presidential drawdown authority with our weapon stockpile, by we the way. We went through they, that last week. Yeah, we, that's not, they didn't find six billion cash dollars to send to Ukraine. They found $6 billion worth of room in presidential drawdown authority, authority of our weapons stockpile. So I saw nothing else really backing up the $6.2 billion was paid to the Wagner group for them to do a coup on Putin. And then they just ran away with the money and Putin's this grand genius uh, because they had the whole plan worked out the whole time. That's a really popular thing I saw going around right-wing Twitter. And by the way, I've made, on Twitter, I've made folders. I've got right-wing news and I put it in quotes. And I got left-wing nut jobs uh, that are in there. And we got to start talking about some of these righties on Twitter. They spend just as much crazy disinformation or misinformation as a lot of people on the left do. Not saying it should be banned. No, but just running know. with stories. And these guys, like this dude on Twitter, Travis N. Flint is like his name on Twitter. The dude just says crazy stuff that if it were true, our entire world view would be different but there's never any sources i can never find anything about any of it anywhere and that there's so many people like that i'm like how does this person have fifteen thousand retweets on the story there's no sources i can't find anything about it and tomorrow no one's going to say anything about it because this life is just like whose line is it anyway is it all just are there still a bunch of bots on twitter that's what i'm trying to figure out just all made up is it all made up still? Points don't matter. <laughs> they don't. That's that's the thing. None of Apparently this matters. Apparently Putin fled, but then he didn't flee. Yeah, did he flee? He was, he was, I saw he fled. He was flea fledding. Okay. He threw a flea fled. <laughs> he did. Those rarely work. Yeah. But they're they're cool. And he was he was in hiding, but then he wasn't. But, you know, Russian force won took off and then it landed or something. <laughs> I don't know. I was secretly kind of hoping Maybe we would just see one nuke go off somewhere. <laughs> just one. Just to be like, wow, it's been, you know, 60 years since we used one of those things. But away from people. In Russia. Like it wouldn't hurt and, anyone. Yeah, like in okay. the tundra up there where, yeah. Okay. Well, that probably need a nuke to go off up there anyway. There's too just, much snow and stuff. Just so one of them, either Wagner or Putin, could be like, look at the power we have now. This obliterated snow, mm -hmm. you know, up here, but... Imagine what it would do to and your you tanks. You officially blame like climate change on Russia. Yeah. yeah. You know, at that point. So I really don't want a nuclear war. <laughs> I just, you know, you, I, I was talking to a friend about it and I was like, oh, man, are we going to see, is somebody going to drop a nuke? Is, is it just all be? the anticipation though? Like, I'm just sick of waiting. Like if we're going to nuke it out, let's nuke it out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, that would not be good. Yeah. So the problem with what I saw online, you you even, you texted me about it. Like, dude, are you, you watching this Russia stuff that's going on right now? Yeah. And so I turned on Fox News to get the wrong information mm -hmm. and um, saw what was going on. And then I looked on Twitter and the most disturbing part were all of the people that were happy about it. And they were like, yeah, this is what Putin gets for for trying to attack democracy and all that. And that's the most concerning part is that we've learned nothing about what a place looks like after we regime change it. You know, it's rarely better. If ever. Has it ever been better? I don't know that it has. And so this idea that this, uh, what's his name? I already forgot. Perdozen, Pergozen. I don't know what his name is or how you say it. That's his fault for having a crazy spelled name. You know, mm -hmm. they need to work on that. Exactly. So this Wagner guy, he takes over Russia. Okay, we better. We got more freedom and democracy after that. 
we all safer with all their thousands of nukes that they have? And now that the Wagner group is running Russia, is it good just because Putin's so terrible? I will say Wagner Russians made a, a, a quicker advance and had more success against themselves than they have in Ukraine. They have <laughs> so far. I mean, they did. It seemed so, like it went pretty quick. They did a, a pretty good job getting up to that point. Apparently Russia had to tear up some of their own roads and doing all kinds of stuff to try and slow them down. I don't know, man. I don't know what to make of it. Yeah. And I think that's and the okay. hardest part is we don't speak Russian. So yeah, I tried to watch some videos. No telling what it was. Yeah. Who knows? Could have been a golden commercial for ice cream for all I know. I don't know what the heck they were talking about on that thing. And I think that's, a, we're going to say this several times over today's short episode. We need to get better at saying that we don't know things. And a lot of people online need to get better at saying that they don't know things mm -hmm. because. But you don't get as many followers that way. That's Nate. the problem. Yeah. Because all of these posts that I see going crazy viral uh, are just wild speculation with nothing backing them up. And I personally would feel bad misinforming like thousands to millions of people mm. on something and shaping their worldview on something that I had no background information on whatsoever. So we like to say that we don't know about things. And when I saw what was going on in Russia, I had to accept like, I don't trust what Ukraine's saying. I don't trust what the U.S. is saying. I don't trust what Fox or MSNBC or CNN saying. I don't trust what Russia is saying or what the Wagner people are saying. Any of them at all. And what do you do in a world where you can't trust what any of these people are saying? I think you got to mind your own business and make sure that people don't have too much power over you. We'll find out the truth in about 50 years when the CIA releases the, uh, the Russian papers. Yeah, the yeah. Russian. <laughs> and we'll find out. Listen, does it sound like a coup that the CIA would try to plan? Potentially. Kind of does, right? Yeah. When I saw the story about, oh, they paid $6 billion, and then I realized that was from that whole them finding $6 billion. That's, that's not the accounting gimmick they were talking about. Not that they wouldn't lie about that too, but, uh, but whatever. Um, that they pay this guy the money, and he's going to go overthrow Putin. Sure. But that... Even for the CIA in the U.S., that would be wildly risky to try and overthrow a government that has thousands of nukes with some thing, random dude. I don't think so. And the reason why is because what the CIA has done that we know about has been crazier. <clears throat> like literally running exper experiments on St. Louis as a population yeah. that we know about. Like the things that we actually know about. That have come out and be like, yeah, that did happen. You know, you're like, okay, well, they are capable of absolutely asinine, insane things. So, or the experiments they ran in the army or whatever the case may be. Like, just look, you can go look at what the CIA has published is like, yeah, this happened, you know, 50 years ago or whatever. It's insane. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a insane. lot. So you can't. Obviously, we still have to speculate because we have no idea, but the we should still be able to question it because the the possibility, the potential is obviously there. It clearly is. And the incentive structure is there. Yes. Um, although they need to question what happens if they're wrong about putting a worse person in place. And I don't know if they have enough uh, humility to question that, mm -mm. you know. Okay, next thing that happened while you're gone is I want to get to a new thing. Uh, also, <laughs> oh yeah, this whole, um, so sorry, this is kind of a joke 
uh, but it's not funny. I wanted to just say my piece on this whole Titan implosion thing. Okay. <laughs> What's funny about this picture, the funniest thing about this is Nate lives right next to Laverne. I do. Yeah. That's why I've really latched on to this joke, mm -hmm. you know. Um, anyway, the Titan implosion thing. The only thing I wanted to say about it, Charlie, I don't know if you followed too much of it. First off, that that sucks. Okay. Mm. And I saw a lot of disturbing things that people were saying about the people in there being really rich and it being a good thing. That's also, that's disturbing and is what's wrong with our entire society mm. is uh, that envious, idiotic mentality. Uh, the other thing are people like Nina Turner and others. I uh, listen to the uh, Breaking Points podcast every day. Uh, people like that calling for, this is why we need regulation. They needed, because they built this thing out of carbon fiber, uh, and that's not what's recommended. They were trying to save a buck, trying to make it lighter, whatever, and so that's why we need government regulation. Uh, and the response to that is, the market is going to regulate the hell out of this operation right here. First off, Ocean Gate's going to be gone. But do we need regulation on this industry, Charlie? Or do you think that people that go down to the Titanic are going to not use something that's made out of carbon fiber and thrown together with parts from the RV store. I or think whatever. people probably have learned their lesson mm -hmm. now and they're like, hmm, maybe we should build something that can withstand the pressure of God yeah. at the bottom of the ocean. And what will happen is people who want to go down there, they will say, well, um, saw what happened to that one. And I want to make sure that that's not what's going to happen here. Mm. And the good news is the price should significantly drop. <laughs> it will. No. Yeah. We'll see. Um, <clears throat> for them, it will. I mean, they're going to be begging people to go down there. The other good thing is like, you know, I, an implosion is way better than an explosion. It happens quicker. It's fast. It's real fast. And I read about how fast it was, and it's faster than your brain can even react to something happening. So basically, they fell asleep. For all they know, they're still down there looking at the Titanic. Mm -hmm. Nothing ever changed. Yep. You know? So they're on their way. That's where they are. They're down there with Jack and Rose. Yeah. You know, yeah. looking for the well, gold. Rose, Rose lived. Well, she went down there eventually when she died. Oh, Did you watch the end of the movie? That's right. Yeah. Walking up the steps towards Jack, mm -hmm. you know? Come back. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Do that. Come back. <laughs> anyway, anyhow, we don't yeah. need regulation here, okay? The market's going to regulate this. And if they have to, they'll find a, a, an independent... Uh, independent uh, regulator, you could call it, that will verify that these things are safe and they'll put their stamp of approval on it. In fact, this probably already exists. And that's all we need. It's not as if this is going to happen and then there's going to be a new company called OceanGate 2 and they're going to build their thing out of carbon fiber and, and video game remote controls and then they're just going to be fine and people are going to keep going down to the Titanic. Okay? That's not what's going to happen. We don't need the government to step in with this. Mm -hmm. And the way they would regulate it would be whatever country the company is based out of, I would assume is the way that they would regulate yeah. that. I don't know how it works. And it's sad. I mean, <clears throat> you know, people died. That's, We're against death. I don't and like that's, it. That's a sad thing. Um, this is a interesting turn of events here. Zelensky says no elections in Ukraine until the war's over. Hmm. So fighting for democracy... <laughs> We won't spend too much time on this because I believe it was Tucker Carlson's special from last night. This is from antiwar.com. Uh, so 
they can't do any elections while martial law is still in effect. So basically <laughs> until the war's over. And so the fight for while, democracy. While fighting for democracy, war, this makes total sense. Democracy, you can't have democracy during the war. Mm. Uh, the war is uh, to save democracy. Now, those are all really easy points to make. I did want to point out, Charles, that when your country is being attacked by outside forces that are dropping bombs on you and killing people, okay, would it be difficult to hold elections, to have people lined up at the polls in your polling place that's been bombed or whatever? You'd have to get Russia to agree to a ceasefire during the election and hold to it, or people would just be too scared to go out and vote. Or, or they would go out there and just get mowed down by, if this were like an old school war, you know, back in the good old days, uh, that, that'd be your first target that you would hit if you're the invading country. I get it that it would be real tough to do this unless we had like online uh, blockchain voting, which is uh, maybe what they'll need to move to. Except know? like reading or mail-in ballots. It says, after declaring martial law, Zelensky <clears throat> took steps to consolidate his power, including banning the main opposition party in Ukraine's parliament. <laughs> for democracy. For democracy. It, it would be like banning mm -hmm. Trump, you know? Yeah. That's for democracy. For demo you protect democracy by, by banning him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what democracy is, is when you ban the opposition. Oh, how the turntables. Okay, I wanted to talk about this ridiculous thing. This was actually going to be the main topic because I like economics and government waste. And so this actually is a piece here from the WAPO. And uh, Charles, if you want to start, but yeah. we're, we're about to get internets all over mm. the country. Now, I got a personal stake in this because my family, who lives in what would be classified as out in the middle of nowhere, um, did not get high-speed internet until, I mean, they went from, uh, they had a Verizon hotspot for a bit but it had a limit on it. Like no streaming platforms at the house or whatever. That that just wasn't a thing. They didn't get internet they until- They Netflix and chill. <clears throat> I don't know, maybe a year ago, Tops is is when they got it. And they got it, they got Starlink. That's, that's how they got internet. Mm. And so I understand what it is like to, for people that are out there in these areas where there are no internet options. I don't get it. Uh, you wouldn't you wouldn't understand you no. grew up rich white privileged <laughs> always had all of the things yeah you've got like 150 gig speed internet over here you know mm -hmm. so we yep. our voices get there before we even say it That's when right. we're talking to people well president biden on monday announced more than 42 billion dollars in new federal funding to expand high-speed internet access nationwide commencing the largest ever campaign to help an estimated eight and a half million families and small businesses finally take advantage of modern-day connectivity. Mm. The money, which the government plans to parcel out to states over the next two years, is the centerpiece of a vast and ambitious effort to deliver reliable broadband to the entire country by 2030, ensuring that even the most far-flung parts of the United States can reap the economic benefits of the digital mm. age. Now, this is a big... Just to clarify, we're not like anti-internet. For people we're not saying it's a dumb thing it's a good thing yeah internet's a good thing there are a lot of great jobs in fact some of the best the most high paying jobs are work from home type jobs for sure and um that's something that a lot of people around the country don't have any access to now they could move to a place to be able to have that job if they wanted to or the internet's going to help 
And they haven't been able to get as misinformed as other people. And now it's going to be easier for them to get misinformed <laughs> right. on things. And they haven't uh, been woke preached to by Netflix enough. And so they're going to be able to get that too. How many or how much of that $42 billion do you think will actually go to expanding broadband access? And is it only going to cost $42 billion? It will not only cost $42 billion. Um, even the expansions, which we'll go through here in a minute, the expansions that the internet companies already did uh, in 2020 totaled $86 billion mm. for them expanding their lines because we went into pandemic-type situation. And so for the government to say that they're going to fully cover the rest of the country with $42 billion, it's, I bet it gets a quarter, potentially. And even at that price, Charles, that's $5,000 per family to connect them to the internet. Mm. Uh, not even counting what the monthly bills and all that are going to be. <laughs> T-Dub so, says, well, first take 10% of that for the big yeah, guy. That's, that's one of the issues. You've always got big guy taking that money out. That's right. Even in a time of self-driving cars, commercial spaceflight, and artificial intelligence, roughly 7% of the United States still does not have broadband service that meets the government's minimum standards, according to new federal estimates. It's the biggest investment in high-speed internet ever, because for today's economy to work for everyone, internet access is just as important as electricity or water or other basic services. You... <clears throat> It's. I, I think uh, Maslow talked about this on his hierarchy of needs. Mm -hmm. you know? uh, now, food, <laughs> water, shelter, broadband. Broadband. You have to have access, and it's got to meet the minimum standards. Like uh, it's got to be twenty five down, three up. Well, that was an asterisk. I didn't feel yeah. the need to. You got to have you know. that. Mm -hmm. um, it's not as important as water. Can we just? No, it's not no. as important as water. Do you think Flint has broadband, <laughs> but not water still? <laughs> Can we do broadband instead does of water? Flint, like, does, I don't like water all that much. Does Can Flint just... have water yet? I mean, do, do we know? The correct answer is who cares? Okay. Apparently. Well, well, as long as they get internet. The president's announcement marks only the beginning of a long and difficult journey, which will largely, uh, which will largely, will see, states, chart a course for how and where to deploy new, speedy, Internet. That must have been a direct quote. <laughs> and the success or failure of Biden's new campaign hinges on factors that have bedeviled his predecessors, including the steep price tag and complicated nature of a broadband build-out, as well as lingering gaps in the government's understanding of who needs connectivity. <laughs> even in the so WAPO like, we article. Don't, we don't even know what we're doing, yeah. uh, but we're going to announce it. We don't even fully understand where this needs to go. <laughs> It's really hard to and gauge see, this because is, this is the problem with the government trying to solve problems. Okay. Yeah. Because they don't even know where the problems are, but they're just going to fork <clears throat> over your money and tell you that they're going to virtuously solve this problem for these people, these poor people who don't have broadband. Other than working from home, everyone, almost everyone has got a cell phone that's going to have the speed that they're talking about. And we're not even getting into what the real solution to this problem would be if you wanted to solve it. But and in twenty years, are we even going to need to lay internet lines? No, we don't need to do it now. <laughs> By the time they finish this, it's going to be obsolete. They probably haven't finished installing fax machines in everyone's buildings yet. <laughs> they're, still <laughs> they're still working on fax machines. I still haven't received my government-approved beeper. I know. You know? It'd take forever on those things. Can't get a SIG in here. You know. <laughs> 
For decades, the U.S. government has spent billions of dollars annually to deploy speedy internet service nationwide, only to struggle to ensure those sums those sums benefit the communities that need it most. The federal campaign took on new energy and importance during the coronavirus pandemic, which demonstrated how the internet had become essential for daily life because of the virus. Yeah. Remember this virus that shut everything down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The internet was essential when the government locks you down. And then I wonder, like, oh, maybe they're building the internet lines for future harder lockdowns mm-hmm. right now. That's mm-hmm. what they're actually working on. They can't have total, because, you know, in some of these places, like what I was talking about where my family's from, where kids were trying to, uh, during the pandemic, where they were trying to learn from home, do schooling from home, like in areas like where my family's from, you literally, you can't do that. They can't learn from home. They don't have internet. So what? There's no, then there's not a library for them to go to or a McDonald's for them to go to where they can learn from home. It just doesn't exist. And so they couldn't fully lock everyone down. Or if they did, they got a lot of learning loss uh, with these kids, which I doubt they worry about that. Just listen to these names, by the way. So the investments include $42.5 billion for the Broadband Equity Access and Deployment Program, known as BEAD, BEAD, which Congress enacted as part of a sprawling 2021 law to improve the nation's infrastructure. So the Commerce Department officially divvied up that money, awarding grants uh, roughly $27 million for the U.S. Virgin Islands, uh, which aren't even states, <laughs> by the way, to more than $3.3 billion for Texas, because they're big. Everything's bigger in Texas. The so. um, the big part here, as we get into some of the numbers, um, where is it where they talk the about Mark? Yeah, Mark Vasconi, the director and the top of the top broadband office in Washington State. What a job! Mm-hmm. You know, hey, what do you do? Well, I'm the director. He's not even that one of the lower broadband offices. Mm-hmm. He's, He's at top the top broadband office. Mm-hmm. He said there's 239,000 locations in his state that still don't have service. Well, yeah, most people don't live on top of mountains, Mark. <laughs> to deliver quality fiber internet everywhere, Visconti predicted could cost as much as $3 billion, more than the $1.2 billion the state ultimately received Monday. But he said in advance of the award that the, remi- the remainder could be covered by the state and private investment. So Nate did the math for everyone. That's $12,500 per location mm. that gets internet. 12500 And here's the main problem. The very first thing that popped up in my mind was the first thing that also popped up in Thomas Massey's mind as well, that Starlink would be 600 bucks. Mm-hmm. Okay, now we're talking... Now, I, before we get into all the issues with, uh, with Starlink... Um, the $42 billion for 8.5 million families is $4,941 per family. Now, that's to get the internet to their house. And maybe there's a little bit of money in there for subsidizing bills, but probably not for very long. Plus, it's going to cost way more money than that, and they're going to get to way less houses. It's going to cost five times as much money, and they're going to get to 2 million homes, not 8.5. That's what's actually going to happen. And so like this one... Well, they don't even know where the 8.5 million are. <laughs> oh, when you drill down to just Washington State and you go to this uh, Mark Vasconi, he says, we got 239,000 locations and we think it's going to cost $3 billion. Now, they gave him less than half of that amount. 
that they say is going to make it to the locations in Washington state to get internet to them. So we're already shortchanged here. And you're talking about a guy who's got a closer, better representation of the people in his state that need this and how much he thinks it's going to cost for this to happen. And he's projecting $12,500 per location. And Starlink is $600 once you buy the terminal and uh, I believe whatever the startup fee is or whatever. And then you got to pay, of course, the, the monthly price. It would still be cheaper for people, uh, for the government, to pay people's Starlink bill for 10 years, actually. for the, Just pay the whole thing for 10 years mm -hmm. for them. And it would come out to what this is going to cost here in Washington State, and they could do it way faster. Now, Starlink, the, the problem with that is that they don't have all the satellites up, and so they don't have the continuous perfect coverage everywhere. Yet. Yet, around the U.S., and uh, when a lot of people are using it, it can get bogged down. Okay, so that's that's the thing with Starlink right now. But over the next couple of years, it's just going to get better. They keep launching more and more satellites up there all the time. And that this is just a great example of what the government does to try and solve a problem that they decided they need to solve and how the market itself is actually solving the problem much better, much more efficient, uh, much cheaper, and we're going to ignore that. The side problem is that you still couldn't even do this regardless, because if the government announced that they were going to buy a Starlink terminal for 8.5 million people, right now, if they are willing to pay $5,000 per family to get internet to 8.5 million people, then the cost of a Starlink terminal will go up to roughly $5,000. Mm. It's weird how that happens. And that yeah. is what happens when the government decides to fund things. Mm. And so you still, you wouldn't even be able to do it at the price that the Starlink is right now. Now, not that they would do that because there's still a lot of people that are going to buy it outside. They wouldn't be able to, but maybe you can get the government to subsidize it or you get like Starlink insurance. They'll just cover it when people want to buy Starlink, you know? You want to get internet insurance, you know? Just yeah. force insurance companies to cover that too. Yeah. It's a precondition, not having insurance, not having internet. <laughs> this is Biden care. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's important. Yeah. Okay. So it, economics is mu much more difficult. And if they decided they were going to provide Starlink to everyone, the price of Starlink would jump up quite a bit. The reason that they're probably doing this is because a lot of these companies, a lot of union companies, they're going to be digging all the lines for all this fiber. And those are the people that have been greasing the wheels heavily mm. uh, for the people that voted for this bill. Of Hunter's hookers. And so you've got a decade <laughs> of work that doesn't even have to get finished. We know it's not going to get internet to 8.5 million families. And we know it's going to cost five times more than what they're projecting right now. And it's going to take more time. They're saying by 2030. Mm. It's not going to happen. Okay? Never has. But what is going to happen is yearly, all of these companies with a whole bunch of union jobs digging holes are just going to get money shoveled over to them, digging lines to nowhere for years at a mm. time. What if you, like, dig a line to a house, but then those people move out? <laughs> at least the house has yeah. it. What do you do if you dig the line and you move on to the next place and then another person moves over here down the street? Like, mm -hmm. how long do they have to wait to get the line yeah. brought over here? You know? What if I build a cabin in the middle of the woods and I really want, I, I mean, I need broadband out there and they won't come to my cabin? What, 
It'd be an interesting experiment to see if they would be forced to provide, like find the most remote location in the United States, an area most known for, for its, its remoteness. remoteness. <laughs> Which you wouldn't know about. No, we remote. don't know about it. Yeah. So find that location. I want someone, all you billionaires listening right now, I want you to put a freaking house in that area right there. Complain that you can't get broadband service and see if the government spends 150 dollars $500,000 to pay people to run a fiber line all the way out to your house. Because we need it. Yeah. We need it in the in the in basic economics version forty five. Probably be somewhere out in Alaska, I think. Probably. <laughs> All it's right, let's, let's move on. No, we gotta go. It's uh, it's ten fifty five. Okay. I mean, we talked, uh, and I enjoyed the talk. Okay, we had a we had a good time. The other things we're gonna talk about, which we'll talk about tomorrow. There we go. Scotus been ruling on things, and they're considering a case right now that could preemptively ban. A wealth tax that would be nice mm. of course there's a lot of controversies in, that are the scotus is embroiled in right now apparently allegedly uh so we're going to talk about wealth tax uh john miltimore over at fee had a good piece about the wealthy fleeing norway so we're going to couple those two articles together perfectly i might add <laughs> and um i wanted to say some we've, we've got a minute to play this video this is senator rick scott how about we play this real quick in Florida, telling socialists and communists not to travel to Florida. What are your thoughts on stuff like that, Charlie? What about, are you saving? Are you saving? Oh, the, I forgot about the it. Biden video for dumb bleep. Have, we, okay, we need to watch it. two it videos. Two seconds. Okay, this is Biden today saying that Putin is losing the war in Iraq. Uh, so let's play that. It's hard to tell, but he's, he's clearly losing the war in Iraq. He's losing the war at home, and he is. Uh, Become a bit of a fly around the world. Uh, it's not just NATO. It's not just the European okay. Union. So that's pretty good. That means yeah. losing the war in Iraq and at home. I wish there so. wasn't a freaking jet engine going on in mm -hmm. the background. Uh, let's see what Rick Scott had to say about socialists and the communists. Senator Rick Scott here. Let me give you a, a travel warning. If you're a socialist, communist, somebody that believes in big government, I would think twice. Think twice if you're thinking about taking a vacation or moving to Florida. We're the free state of Florida. We actually don't believe in socialism. We actually know people, and we some people in our state lived under it. We know people lived under socialism. It's not good. It's not good for anybody. So if you're thinking about it, if you think about coming to Florida and you're a socialist or communist, think twice. We like freedom, liberty, capitalism, things like that. It's just an awkward video, too. Very awkward. Yeah. The thing is, here's the problem. I don't believe him. I don't believe him that he believes this and he doesn't want people. <sighs> Senator Rick Scott doesn't want people who believe in big government to come to Florida. Okay. This is what's annoying about conservatives and Republicans quite often is they got no principled pants to wear anymore. Mm -mm. Okay. No, he doesn't even look like he's wearing pants I don't in think that he video. Is. You can't even tell. Yeah. All right. He's not wearing his principled pants because he can't find any because he doesn't have them. All right, because right. they all like big government. All of them do. He can't, it's not even believable when he's talking about this. We don't, we don't like the socialists and communist stuff and the big government, you know? And so uh, we believe in liberty and, and freedom. And those are the only people allowed to come to Florida? First off, saying that you only, like you believe in liberty and freedom and 
while also telling other people that they can't come to your state because of what their economic beliefs are. That's kind of, you know, kind of weird, first off. Mm-hmm. It's a little weird. And the problem is he just comes off as super fake to me. Super if, fake. If it were real, mm-hmm. if, it, if they had like a libertarian governor and a libertarian legislature, if this were New Hampshire, okay, and then they had like a libertarian governor and all that stuff too, and they say, oh, we don't like your socialists and communists, and we don't like big government, I'd, I'd at least be like, okay. But you know what's weird is there a lot of socialists and communists have moved to Florida. They <laughs> mentioned that basically. like mm-hmm. that they're Because previously they were, and then they're like, oh, wow, this is freedom. Like, he's, he's right about that. Yeah. Actual people from socialist, communist places go to Florida. To escape. And then they like it because mm-hmm. it's better yeah. than their other places. All right, y'all, if you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend, a family member, and a foe. Um, I did scroll down here. You've got this whole fat shamers don't get about Lizzo thing. So <laughs> yeah, that's, it's in here too. That's We got a lot of stuff. We have a lot of stuff we can go over, but not today, maybe tomorrow. So share the show with a friend. Leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. The live group got a full hour with us, by the way. That is true. Mm-hmm. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, leave us a rating and review. Um, and then go to joingml.com. That's how you get part. Uh, that's how you get to be a part of the Fed Haters Club or GodHatesFeds.com. Because he does. And I talked to him about it. I did. You prayed about it? I did. Okay. And he's like, yeah, he doesn't hate anyone mm-hmm. except for feds. It's the only people. But he doesn't hate the people. It's the what they do. It's the act of mm-hmm. fed. Fed's a verb. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's the act of fedding. Gotcha. <laughs> that, that he's, he's fed up. He's, he's fed up with fedding. Mm-hmm. And you should be too. So let us know by going to joingml.com or godhatesfeds.com. If you do all those things... We'll be back again tomorrow. Hope you have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. 